Hello and welcome to the Stagey Place. Now this week you are joining me, Emmy, with one of my most adored people in theatre. I absolutely love this individual and if I was to give you my top three guests that I'd love to talk to on this podcast, Rob Madge would certainly be in the top three. Now, over the last few years, they have really kind of exploded their career by doing TikTok videos, which I stumbled upon in 2020 during the pandemic. And now they've gone on to taking their show to Edinburgh, to London, and now it's currently performing at the Ambassadors Theatre. And I am so delighted that you get to listen to this wonderful interview with Rob. We spoke about their journey and their parents and how that influenced the work that they did. Yeah, some really important issues around representation in the industry. So sit back and enjoy my interview with Rob Madge. Hi Rob, welcome to the Stagey Place. Thanks Emmy. Hello everybody, thanks for having me. So to begin with, I mean I know a bit about you but can you just tell our listeners, I may have heard your name but don't actually know a lot about you, could you tell them a little bit about your journey? Yeah, so I'm an actor and a writer have predominantly done musical theatre. I started as a child actor. I did Mary Poppins at the Prince Edward Theatre in 2005. And then after that, I played a lot of Cockneys. I played the Artful Dodger and Gavroche. And uh, and then I was in Matilda the Musical and then my role got cut when it transferred to the West End. So that was an iconic moment in my career. And I thought my life was over. So I went to university and left the industry at the age of 16. And then I came back and then I did the Les Miserables UK tour and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And now I'm doing my own solo show, which is basically about being child actor. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. And obviously, I think for you, your career kind of really took off during the pandemic. You know, you became a bit of a household name on TikTok. And for the first time, we saw this child actor or this child being who they were like themselves. So how was that kind of journey kind of filtered through to where you are now? Yeah, like you say, I started posting these sketches online during lockdown of my own comedy sketches but also old home video footage of when I used to put on shows as a kid for my family and I post them online and people found them quite funny and I ended up writing a show about it I mean I didn't know when theatres would be open again so and I wrote the show in in lockdown with the hope that one day I'd get to put it on a stage and then um, the theatre started reopening in 2021 and I got it on a on a stage at the Turbine Theatre this small theatre they do such amazing work there with new writers and then it just uh, pelled from there really and then I got to do the show at Edinburgh. Edinburgh transferred over to the West End with this show so it's sort of just been a bit of a domino effect of social media clips turning into a show that's then just gone to different places and uh, yeah it's, it's very weird it's very daft how it's all turned out. It's really good though, isn't it? And I get, were you, you know, when you first put those videos out, did you kind of face any criticism for putting them out? Because for a lot of people, they might be a bit like, oh, I'm not okay with this. So did you face a lot of criticism when you first put them out? Not really, no. I feel like I I managed to worm my way onto an algorithm that was full of positive people, (laughs) nice, kind people. And now I've fostered a bit of a community with those people. And a lot of them are, are my friends now, you know. I've made so many friends through posting these sketches which is wonderful and, and great. No, I never I never really faced any negativity. I faced a lot of people saying, wow, you were really blessed to have such supportive parents. I never had that and uh, I wish more people would have that, which became the genesis of the show, really, mm-hmm. asking the question of 
why wouldn't you support that? Why would you ever think it could be a negative thing to let your son wear a wig? What's so harmful about it? And it's a conversation that is playing before our very eyes in the news right now. And it's hugely, when I wrote it, it wasn't that big a question, but now it feels hugely politically charged to be doing this show for some reason, because there's a real moral panic over supporting anything that might be seen as a little bit off the wall or a bit different. Mm -hmm. The stupid debate around whether trans people deserve rights. Uh, I say stupid because it shouldn't be a debate. Of course they do. Really, I feel has blown up in the past couple of years. And when I first started writing the show, it didn't seem so prevalent. I mean, there there was the undercurrent of people that didn't really understand it or respect it. But now people seem free to spout vitriol at a much more alarming rate than they ever did. Mm -hmm. But no, when I first started posting the videos, it was lovely and everyone really loved them. And I wonder now if I if I were posting them now, that might be a bit different. It might manage to get a lot more hate than it ever did attract. Mm -hmm. That was only three years ago. Yeah, not at the time. It would be interesting to see how that kind of varies so obviously Mm. with my son's a queer you've been on such a big journey with it and obviously when you first started writing it I guess you never thought it'd come explode to what it is now no never never in a million years I I've always loved writing I've always loved doing sketches loved doing comedy it was always my intention to maybe do a few sketches on like an open mic night or Mm. to do to do it to do the show as a cabaret was my original plan to do a really small like sit on a stool and I I imagined joking about my child actor career as like a grown-up but in a parody kind of way as though I was looking back on a big illustrious career at the age of 25 like it was meant to be very tongue-in-cheek that was my original plan for the show looking back on childhood videos and thinking gosh what a pro of an actor I was at the age of six it was like just gonna be a joke essentially for my mates really and then it all changed when Paul Taylor Mills got the creative team on board that that he managed to secure with Luke Shepard and Pippa Cleary especially who just they they convinced me that the show actually had more depth than I was really confident in I wasn't confident in myself in going there I didn't trust I knew what I wanted to say but I needed those two to really pull it out of me and to go this story is worth telling you can tell it feel justified in the message that you're trying to say and then I did and then we just went for it and it became a lot more important than than a little stand-up cabaret piece that I had originally planned it to be for my mates definitely I mean there is something really special about my son's a queer and I guess when you first started writing it as well Did you always know what kind of message you wanted to put out there? It evolved a lot as I was writing it. And it evolved because of what people would be saying in response to the videos online. So so many people would be telling me their stories of how they either did have supportive parents and it was nice to see something that they could relate to or the polar opposite. And they didn't have that. And uh, and how they had to find a, a family of, of their own with their friendship circles. And that really just would inspire me daily. And, and the message would get stronger and stronger for me. At first, I was literally wanting to do a show that sort of sent me up as a kid, just to laugh at the precociousness of this kid that is bossing their dad around the living room and, and then wants to recreate it as an adult. And then I was as I was writing it, I thought was actually such a strong metaphor in the idea of a parade. (laughs) You know, I I feel like what started as recreating a Disney parade that I put on in my living room ends up being a pride parade. (laughs) It ends up being a rally cry. It ends up being a a, a protest (laughs) to 
accept and love people for who they are, which would never have happened in my first draft. But uh, as, as people would be speaking to me about their experiences, I'd get more and more angry <laughs> about yeah. why didn't you experience this? I thought it was so normal to have supportive parents <laughs> and yeah. apparently it's not, which is dreadful. But uh, it can be like my, my message is that it's so simple and I'm not I'm not presenting anything that is breaking ground to say no. that you should have parents that love your kids. But for some people, that is revelationary. It's like not a thing that happens. Yeah. For them. It's confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, one of the main themes, I mean, obviously, I've seen your production and one of the moments that really like stung me a little bit was the one about the school and the teacher and I think it just struck a nerve a little bit that, you know, it's not just society within like general lives, but also in education and stuff as well. So I, yeah. I guess you have those conversations as well about how these young people are being supported through education. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it goes through to every aspect of society. It's your parents, it's your friends, it's who teaches you yeah uh, there's a lot of stories of kids being bullied at school and often the emphasis is placed on the bullies and I didn't want to do that I wanted to place it on the ones that should know better which Mm -hmm. in my eyes are the adults kids only I believe kids do what they're taught to do kids are taught that that person's different so you can pick on them so I don't hold any ill will towards the kids that were mean to me at school because everyone goes through that what Mm -hmm. I do hold a grudge against is are, are the grown-up who essentially would have taught those kids that yeah it's fine to pick on people for being different they're the people we need to be holding to account what are you feeding the younger generation what what are they leaving class thinking Um, and luckily I've had the most amazing conversations with loads of teachers that have come to see the show and instantly put their hands up and go it wasn't not me I'm not like that and I go trust if you've come to watch this show I believe that you are not not like that you are fine and I I think obviously things have hopefully drastically changed (laughs) since then which is great teachers parents aside it's really just for any human the words that you say to people will have a lasting impact so make sure they're they're good ones yeah and obviously through your journey a lot of it's been about those people that you surrounded yourself with especially your parents and your grandparents so how are your parents kind of coping with like your newfound stardom (laughs) (laughs) well they're they're way more famous than I. oh they yeah we we find it all so funny I love having them in London whenever they're about to come and watch the show and and uh, it's always much more special when they're in the audience getting to do it almost for, for them and to show them off a bit more. And then the, the press night that we had the other night, seeing my mum chatting with Carrie Hope Fletcher and Leighton Williams and going for a dance in Soho. <laughs> Felt like worlds colliding. It's amazing. And oh my God, I cannot thank the theatre community enough for embracing them so, so much with open arms because they ain't theatre people. They rolled with the best of it when they got me and, and thought, well, we'll support Rob. If, if Rob likes theatre, we'll we'll go along with it. And they're amazing. But the community have just really mm. welcomed these fish out of water. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they're great. I mean, I think the next part to your play then must be like the parents need to take over now, don't they? They need to yeah. do their own production now. Yeah, it will be my son's queer but from my dad's perspective for sure bless you so yeah for listeners to the stage place they might be really inspired to look into writing so what kind of advice would you give them or kind of give yourself if you were looking back keep a notebook or keep your eyes open observe people and how people interact everyone has their own idiosyncrasies of how they communicate with people 
study that uh, the specificity is always best in writing i think i have a lot of specific references in my show and if you get them brilliant if, if you don't i don't really care because it it makes it personal it makes it a personal story rather than being generic and that's always so important don't be don't feel that you have to sort of bend your artistic brain to suit a mainstream of oh people might not get that people might not understand that no be specific tell your specific experience and your story and and watch people and listen listen in eavesdrop on a train conversation people are funny if you just keep your ears peeled to what you'll hear people say on the tube and then take a note of it people just write sitcoms for you in my eyes brilliant and obviously as well a lot of your kind of work has this really good representation of a part of the community that I think doesn't have enough representation at all Mm. do you think it's getting better and if so or if you don't agree or is there any kind of work out there that you're kind of really drawn to that really does represent that community I think I I I think it's getting better I think we're having to do a lot of the work ourselves still but people are seeing us a lot more than they ever used to even in the past couple of years you know there's so many more queer stories that are being told and are being and are being celebrated, which is great. And I just extend the invitation to the people who can make it happen to continue making it happen because the stories are worth telling. People do want to come and see it. There is an audience for it. It's not as niche a market as you think it is at all. So yeah, it is definitely getting better. There's some great work out there. Tabby Lamb is just the most amazing mm-hmm. writer. Sound of the Underground, Travis Alabans is just the mo- there's some of the most incredible queer work happening right now. Yeah, I hope there's going to be more of it. I don't see any going back, to be honest. And obviously at the moment, My Sons Are Queer is playing at the Ambassadors Theatre. Do you kind of hope for something beyond that? What's kind of your plan with this piece? It's had a long old life now, I feel. (laughs) She's had a good innings. She's had a good innings. I I really don't know. I'd love to get it on a screen in a different medium. Let's write a sitcom. (laughs) That that, that would be my absolute dream, you know, for the story. Just so more people can see it, really. Because what's more accessible than getting it? in your living room that's it really and as for the show i i don't know i um we've done a couple of runs in london now which i never thought would happen i don't see how we can ever improve on that i i would love for the show to be streamed at some point so mm-hmm. everyone could get to see it and yeah lots of people are asking if i if i'll ever tour it i honestly can't say yet i'd love to i really would love to one day but it's mm-hmm. it's finding the dates and finding the venues and it's such a jigsaw puzzle, especially for a one-person show. It's it's a difficult thing, but um, it's something that we are really interested in doing one day. But um, no, I don't know yet. Nothing set in stone. It's always the way with this show. It always seems to bloody crawl its way back somehow. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure there'll be more. <laughs> yeah, never say never. No. So for our guest on the stagey place, one of the questions we always ask them is what is their stagey place? So where's the place for you where you feel your most self? Oh, this sounds like I'm plugging the show, but I'm really not. But it is my my house. It's with my family. (laughs) There's no there's no other group of people where I can be truly myself other than my parents. Yeah. And it, it was my first stage. And even when I was writing the show, I, I do like readings of it for my parents. They were like my test audience. I was like, is this funny? And they'd obviously have to laugh, otherwise I'd have <laughs> a tantrum. Yes. <laughs> so there, I don't know. It's an awful answer, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Home, home for me. Mm. I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky in that sense. Definitely. So to tie this up then, for those who haven't seen My Sons of Queer, well, first off, why haven't you seen it? <laughs> why would you encourage them to go and see it during its run at the Ambassador's Theatre? I think because... 
we are living at a time now where these issues are being overcomplicated by a lot of people who choose not to understand them. I want to simplify it all a little bit through comedy and through a song or two and make you laugh. And you will, I promise you, you'll have a laugh. You'll have a laugh, you'll have a cry, and hopefully you'll see that it can just be joyful to let human beings be themselves, whoever that might be. You don't have to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community. It's just celebrating difference in any form. And uh, people are scared of difference these days, I feel. <laughs> and there's no need to be. You don't have to understand every single nuance, but you just have to love people. And if you want a fun hour in the theatre that sort of answers those questions, but through comedy, come along. And I'm recreating a Disney parade in the West End. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah, don't waste your money and go to Disneyland when you can do it. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Thank you so much, Rob, and good luck with the rest of My Sons Are Queer. Thanks, Emmy. Hopefully you really enjoyed that wonderful interview there with Rob Match. You can catch My Sons Are Queer, but what can you do over at the Ambassadors Theatre? Now, please go and see this production because it is one of the most joyful and emotional pieces of theatre I have ever laid my eyes on. And it's just beautiful. So go and see it for yourselves. And stay in touch with us here at The Stage Place. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Stage Place. And we'll be back very soon for another fantastic interview. Take care. Goodbye.